Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me the nowest James D. Feldman with Shift Happens. You can learn more about James at his website, shifthappens.com. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's a new year, Jim. I, so I thought I'd ask, how's uh, 2021 treating you so far? Well, as I've said to everyone, it can only get better from here. <laughs> we've we've all been through it and uh there's going to probably be more millionaires and billionaires made as we come out of the pandemic mm-hmm. as long as we are able to carry through with our new ideas yeah yeah so let's go ahead and jump into that uh, i was telling you this offline how much i really like uh, the name of your company, Shift Happens. And I like how uh, if people are watching this via video, that the F is sort of floated up there in the word shift. Can you tell us uh, kind of your intent or reason for uh, having that specifically in the word shift? So I was seeing one of my clients in Texas, Frito-Lay, mm-hmm. and a truck cut me off on the highway. Mm-hmm. And on the back of his truck, he had a big sticker that didn't have the F on it. <laughs> and I knew how I felt and I was driving a stick shift car and Mm -hmm. I downshifted and went around him and then sped up to get away from him because I thought he was nuts yeah and as I was driving I thought well my shift really showed you your mm, whatever and I just (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's an, it's an awesome name. And I I think it gives people a a chuckle when they see it. I mean, when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's, that is pretty funny. Um, So let's talk a little bit more about your company shift happens, Jim, for people that are hearing about it for the first time. uh, Tell us uh, what do you do and who do you like to serve? So typically I talk about thinking inside the box as opposed to outside the box. And when people ask me, how do you do that? I, I start telling them some of the stories. Mm-hmm. And so let me give you a real fast one. When, when I was seven years old, I went to my mother and I said, I'd like an allowance. Mm-hmm. She said, go talk to your father. So I went to my mm-hmm. father and I said, hey, I'd like an allowance. He goes, go talk to your mother. <laughs> at seven years old, I learned my first business lesson. Get all the decision makers in the room at the same time. Mm. So I got them all together <laughs> and I said, I'd like an allowance. They go, no, but you can earn some money. You Mm. can mow the yard. You can wash the car. You can take the dogs for a walk. You can open up a lemonade stand. Mm -hmm. Well, the lemonade stand had some appeal to me. So I went outside and as far as the eye could see were lemonade stands on every driveway, on every front yard, up and down the street. Yeah. I realized rule number two. You can't overpower a lot of competition, Mm. but maybe there's a way to affiliate yourself with that competition. And so I went back to my mother and I said, next time you're going shopping to Shoppers World, which is like a precursor of Costco and Sam's Club, I Mm want to go with you. She said, we can go today. I priced out bulk lemonade, bulk paper cups 
bulk Ziploc bags and bulk sugar. And I figured out how to make lemonade kits. And so at night, I went to the mothers and knocked on the door and I said, your son, your daughter is running out of lemonade. I'm mm. going to save you a trip to the store. Here's my lemonade kit. This one does wow. 30. This one does 50. At the end of the summer, I had $357 in the bank. Wow. Wow. So and you I, went from you went from B to C, business to customer to business to business. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And and the advantage to that is that I never had to go outside. Mm. I was picking my own hours. But the key to it is see a need, fill a need. Yeah. The need to me was they were going to have to go to the grocery store to go make this trip just to get lemonade. Mm-hmm. If I could save them the time, it wasn't about price, but it was about convenience. Mm-hmm. And it was never, hey, you're overcharging. It was, thank you so much for saving me a trip. Yeah. I think it's why uh, people love it. I think it's why 7-Eleven, for example, is very successful because even though everything in there is overpriced, it's convenient. It's just typically down the street and you can just kind of grab and go. Um, and so I think that's very clever, you know, for the parent that doesn't want to go to the grocery store and get all these things for the kids. It's like, oh, you're going to do that for me. Yeah. I don't care about the price because you just made my life easier. So I've taken that same thing and I apply it to my customers and my customers have been everything from startup to fortune 100. Mm -hmm. I I like the fortune 100 because they typically have enough money to execute Mm. where I'm always troubled with the startups because every dollar is under a very careful microscope of how we're going to spend it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see that they usually have a budget or they have investors early on and they have to, um, you know, really show them like where their money is going, where with fortune 500, it's like, okay, here you go. (laughs) Here's, here's a budget and let's see if it works. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they, they are used to spending money to get answers and Mm -hmm. if it fails, but they learn from it, it's okay. Yeah. If they fail and they replicate it, then they're typically looking for another job. (laughs) <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jim, I think one thing uh, that people need to know about you is that uh, you've been in business for 43 years. So this is not like, you know, I mean, since you were uh, doing B2B to the moms <laughs> in your, in your neighborhood, I can imagine. Um, but tell us a little bit about that. Like, so you learned, you essentially learned entrepreneurship at a very young age, I think because of your parents, but here you are still in business 40, 43 years later or being in business. Um, so this must be a field that you enjoy being in. I love it because each day is a different challenge. Each day is a different opportunity. And each day it is like going to the gymnasium for your mind. It's a mm. real exercise, you know, really, how'd you get yourself into this mess? Okay. Let's think about how we get out of it. And we start to come up with the end results first and then create the path to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I really like that kind of thinking with the uh, end in mind, um, as opposed to, let's say, a problem comes up and then you're just trying to fix the symptoms, but not really like the root of of the issue. Um, Give us a couple of examples, maybe uh, some favorite clients you've worked uh, worked with as of late to really demonstrate like how you put this into practice. So one of my clients is Toyota, and mm-hmm. we were working with Toyota to try to sell more used cars. Mm-hmm. And so I went and interviewed a lot of the used car salespeople, and they all came up with, hey, if there was a way to get a Rolex Submariner, I would kill myself to do that because... 
I'm never going to buy it. I can't afford it, but it is a status symbol. Mm -hmm. So I went back and I pitched the idea to Toyota and Toyota said, how much is it? And I said, it's about $8,000. We worked out the budget and it wasn't going to impact enough of the salespeople. So they Mm -hmm. were ready to collapse the idea. But I knew that these guys would kill to get a Rolex watch. They told me over and Mm -hmm. over. So then I figured out, well, let me go back and see if I can get a lot of used Rolex watches mm-hmm. because watches are constantly turned in because the guy wants something new and different to wear. Well, when they're turned in, the price drops dramatically. Mm-hmm. And then I really thought how funny this was. I'm going to give away used watches to used car salespeople. They didn't care. I didn't have to sell them on the idea of gently used or only worn by a grandfather that only wore it on Sunday. Yeah. And so as a result, I was able to go out and get them for Toyota at half retail. Wow. And I made more money because I was buying them significantly under that. Mm -hmm. And so if they could save 50% or in essence, give away double the number of watches and I could give them to them for half and I could still make a nice profit. Everybody won. In fact, it did so well that we actually had to stop the promotion go back to Toyota to get more funding so that we could move it forward again. We took off that path. (laughs) Wow. That is, that is absolutely incredible. Um, You know, Jim, I really like the, the way your mind works, you know, it's like you, again, going back to the theme of thinking inside the box, as opposed to uh, thinking outside the box. Now, uh, to, let, let's kind of debunk the phrase "think outside the box" or "think outside of the box." Why do fe- why has that kind of been like a big uh, phrase that's been used for a certain generation? And and why would you, why are you here saying that doesn't work? It came out of the Japanese culture of saying you have confined yourself in the way you're thinking. So they mm-hmm. were using the box to set up walls and barriers to your thinking. I use it a little differently. Mm-hmm. If I come to you and I say, "Here's a gift box." You can have what's in the gift box or $10. How do you make a decision? So you go, well, you know, 10 bucks, that's not so big. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it to you again. Here's the box or $100. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to start thinking. Now let me really throw it out. I'm going to bring the blue Tiffany box. Mm-hmm. Tiffany has built their whole business around that box and what that box represents. So I'm going to say to Jen, you want the Tiffany box or do you want $100? What are you going to do? Oh man, I mean, I feel like the the Tiffany box. I mean, I just feel like it's a higher status. Um, okay, there's something but, about it, right? But in fairness, I didn't say that what was inside was a Tiffany product. I'm just oh. showing you the box, right? <laughs> I got me there. <laughs> clever, clever. See, so you start to look at things like packaging. You start to look like how Godiva has built mm. their whole business on the gold box, mm-hmm. and I and I say to people. They've done so well that it, they've changed your mindset. If you're going to somebody's house and you're bringing a housewarming gift, are you going to bring a bar of Hershey's or a box of Godiva? Mm. Mm-hmm. We eat Hershey's. We give away Godiva. Mm-hmm. So when you go in the box, I refer to that as 3D thinking. Mm-hmm. 3Ds. Think of a three-legged stool. Think of the pyramids. They're equal-sided. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is depth. You go in the box. And you figure out what the problem is by moving apart the problem into components. What is making up the problem? And often, Mm -hmm. 
the solution reveals itself because they've come out of the shadows. Mm-hmm. So it's simple math. Add, subtract, multiply, and divide. Take one away, add one up, etc. Second one, you're in the box. You have a 360-degree view of the market. Mm. Is anybody willing to pay you for the solution? If they're not willing to pay you, then all you're doing is coming up with a new hobby. Mm. So get the hell out of the box and go do something else. And the last part is you've defined the problem. You've come up with the solution. People are willing to pay for it. How are you going to let people know you have the solution? And that's determination. So Mm. three Ds are depth, distance, determination. And that determines your dineros. Wow. <laughs> you have to say that one more time. I like it was like the three D's and then dineros. <laughs> yes. Depth, distance, determination, dineros. Yeah. No, that's that's absolutely amazing. Um, Jim, I from what I'm reading here, you have uh, 13 books. Am I reading that right? This was the 13th book that I just wrote. Yes. Wow, that's a that's amazing. Um, give us a little uh, hint into maybe some of the other books that you feel like are relevant to our conversation that maybe led you to eventually starting the book Think Inside the Box. So the first books that I wrote were talking about how to motivate employees. And so mm-hmm. they were books about incentives, motivation, mm-hmm. et cetera. And then I realized that the employee needed to have a better understanding of the customer experience. So I started Mm -hmm. writing books on customer experience, and I did a series called Dating Your Customer. Mm. Dazzle your customer, anticipate their needs, treat them the way you want to be treated, be innovative in everything you do, nurture the relationship, and that guarantees you stay in business. Dating Mm -hmm. your customer. Then pandemic hit. And I didn't have anybody to talk to. All of my clients (laughs) were struggling. Everybody's trying to figure out what's So I said, you know, everybody's asked me to teach them how I think, because to your point, I'm wired a little differently. (laughs) So so I went, I got all my journals of all my notes of all the things I did. And I said, okay, this is a book that's a toolbox. Mm -hmm. This is like, I'm going to give you a box of tools, hammers, screwdrivers, et cetera, but I'm going to teach you how to use them. Mm. So the book itself is tips, tools, resources, websites, infographics that you can go to and go, aha, I get it now. I understand. Where before people would try to teach you what to think, this book teaches you how to think. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really clever. Are there any how-tos uh, that we can that you are kind of most proud of having in this book that people can look forward to reading more about? Well, now you're asking who's your favorite child, right? Oh, oh gosh, that's true. I probably should now. Maybe I no. should rephrase that question. <laughs> no, no, but I do have them. Number one, beware of distractions disguised as opportunities. Mm. Wow. Number two, never try to sell your big idea to small-minded people. Mm. And number three, the customer is always right. If you don't believe that, you will no longer have customers. Mm -hmm. There's a guy named Stu Leonard who has the largest single grocery store in the country, one grocery store. And he's got this big granite. And it says, number one, rule number one, customer is always right. Rule number two, if you think the customer is wrong, rule number three, reread number one. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, I love that. That's amazing. I um, mean, there are there are companies that have built their entire business on great customer service. Nordstrom's legendary. Zappos legendary. Now mm-hmm. let's talk about cable TV. <laughs> legendary, terrible, mm-hmm. awful. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most people don't have good stories about their cable TV provider. And the reason is the cable TV providers have, if none, very limited competition. Mm. If you don't Mm -hmm. buy it from them, you don't buy it at all. Mm -hmm. If you want to see a company that has emerged, look at what Hyundai and Kia have done to Toyota and Honda. Mm -hmm. Toyota and Honda were always at the top. If you talk to somebody that's got a Kia or a Hyundai, they love their car. Make the comparison between owning a PC or an Apple product. Right. People love Apple. It's built a culture. Right. Now, Apple is losing that culture because they have become very, very concentric on focusing on the almighty dollar as Mm -hmm. opposed to focusing on the customer experience. Mm -hmm. And if you think about the last five years or whatever, they have not been the innovative leader. Samsung has, LG has, then they copy it. But mm. it's, you haven't really seen Apple come out as the iPod or as the iPad. I mean, they came out with the watch. Well, the watch was just a miniaturized version of everything that was already out there. Right. Yeah, I have I have to say, I feel like uh, even now, um, I actually am slowly transitioning away from Apple products. I, I think because just, I think naturally, I, or I instinctively sense that that feeling of customer service isn't there and, and it, or that, that culture, you know, and I just started to think like, oh, maybe I can shop around now, which I like never did for years. I just always kind of go to Apple products, but you know, I think, I think a lot of it had to do with losing Steve jobs um, where maybe he brought that uh, to the company. I don't know, but I feel like since then, I, I, I don't feel like I get that same uh, feeling from the company. So, so really important thing to note and even, um, you know, see how these big companies are doing it or not doing it anymore. Well, I had the good fortune of working with Apple when Steve was alive. Mm. And Steve was a micromanager. He was a royal pain in the you know what. (laughs) I heard that. (laughs) He did not overlook the smallest detail. Mm. You know, the box, when you bought your Apple product, weren't you impressed with the box that it came in? Yeah, I kept the box. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Almost everybody I know gets the mm-hmm. box. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look behind me, I have stacks of boxes <laughs> of everything from iPods to the original iPhone, et cetera, et cetera. I came away from Samsung. I love the Samsung, but the Samsung would not integrate with Apple mm-hmm. because Samsung ran on a PC platform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're back to, you've got choices. I mean, if you look today, at the new products that are coming out. Samsung has a new phone that just looks like it's the coolest phone I've ever seen. And you mm-hmm. really want to go see what it is. We go, well, it's not going to work with everything else. It right. won't be a seamless integration between my iPad and my desktop and everything else. So you're right. sort of locked in. And, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of feeling that Apple is drifting away from that extraordinary customer experience. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, so much to say, just to remind all of us that in your book, Think Inside the Box, that one of the major tips you want to share is the customer is always right. And so just kind of keeping that uh, in mind. The customer is often crazy. The customer is often (laughs) unreasonable. But here's the way to get around it. When you are faced with one of those customers and they are ranting and raving, Mm -hmm. you listen, you repeat the question, and then you say these magic words. What is it that you would like for me to do to make you happy? Mm. And you know what? 90% of them have no clue. <laughs> they, they've come in to battle. Yeah. And the battle yeah. is, it's like, it's like you go to your husband and you want to pick an argument with him. And he goes, honey, you are absolutely right. Whatever I did, I'm so sorry I did that. I will never do it again. Yeah. You go, Wait a second. I haven't even told you what I'm mad about. But you're always right. And you're, you're very reasonable and I love you and whatever it is, just tell me what it is and I won't do it again. Yeah. Yeah. That was no fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the reality, so what you're saying is that, uh, you know, I think the average customer thinks they're not going to be heard. Uh, so when you do listen to them, like, oh, like you're real, you're human, you know, especially when these companies are so big, um, you don't, you don't really know who to talk to. So you kind of just, you know speak on this virtual loudspeaker or whatever, whether it's on social media or reviews. But once you get hurt, it's like, oh, okay. You know what? Maybe I don't really have a problem after all. <laughs> well, it's, it's like I applied that to my new book. My new book mm-hmm. comes with one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. That makes it very unusual. I'm mm-hmm. giving you a toolbox. I'm giving you everything. And when you're done, here's the, here's the coupon that you can call and either reach me or other experts and we'll help you implement those tools. Mm-hmm. What is that coaching worth? It's worth 10 times the cost of the book mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's one-on-one focused on you. Yeah, I love it. Well, Jim, before we uh, shift gears here, I just want to make sure I've covered all my bases. Is there anything else you want people to know about your book or about your company, Shift Happens? The key to everything today in Shift Happens is to create a vision. Mm. And you create the vision where others are not looking. Mm. And you capture what others are not seeing. Mm -hmm. And you apply uncommon common sense. Mm. It's Mm. out there. It's it's really how you see the vision and how you're going to incorporate it. I mean, for instance, so the hotel started to develop a, a new revenue stream that gave them some oxygen. Mm. Now, I'm, I'm the firm belief that as we come back into, quote unquote, the ability to travel, the hotels need to rebrand themselves and they need to reconnect with individuals. So if I'm the manager of the hotel, you can count on the fact that there will be no suites unoccupied. Mm. If I've got them, you get it. Mm. Because I want you to feel special. I want you to see that I am so happy you're coming back. I took you from the run of house room to give you the oceanfront corner suite. Mm -hmm. Now Mm -hmm. you're going, hey, look at me. They really (laughs) valued me coming back here. Where are you going to go next time? Same place, Mm. same chain, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, I like the way your mind works. I like how you think inside the box. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And so uh, 
with that said, um, I want to go ahead and wrap up here. Uh, one more parting piece, piece of advice. Uh, I think we kind of mentioned this already, but, but feel free to uh, wrap up on this note if you want. Um, you want to encourage our listeners to spend overall, spend less time on the solution and more time on identifying the problem by going inside the box. Correct. Can you elaborate more on that? Again, if you're outside the box, you don't, you don't know what's inside. You don't know what the problem is. The mm -hmm. second part of it is we're all so focused on the solution that sometimes just re-articulating the problem will tell you what the solution is. And mm -hmm. there are hundreds of devices. You probably remember when there was a thing called an electric screwdriver. That's all it did. Mm -hmm. And somebody mm -hmm. said, well, can't we put something else on it? And then you started putting other things. And sooner or later, you had the motor that did 10 things. It drove 10 different things. And then mm -hmm. somebody in the food industry said, if we turn it this way and it spins around, we can chop food. We can shred food. And we'll call it the Cuisinart. Mm. And the Cuisinart was a direct descendant of the electric screwdriver. Wow. So look Fun at story. what works in other industries and see if you can apply it. Very quickly, I got involved in a winery. When we were sending out wine, we were getting one bottle broken all the time in shipping. Mm -hmm. We looked at all the packaging. The packaging was so expensive to protect this one bottle of wine, it became not cost effective. Mm -hmm. So I went back to them and I said, change the pricing structure to read 11 bottles of wine. We're going to ship 12. If, if 12 arrives, they get a bonus. If one broke, Hey, we only promised you 11 to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, I, I just really like that idea of, uh, you know, you're not necessarily um, like reinventing the wheel. You're expanding it in a way. Expand, like polishing it. Yeah, you're Lubricate, polishing lubricating it. Lubricating it. Yeah, lubricating yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Um, it gets me to uh, definitely rethink even my own mindset and want to look into your book. So. Um, you know, with that said, Jim, wow, I've, I really feel like I got a lot out of our conversation today and I believe that our listeners will as well. So I want to thank you again for joining me here on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I really enjoyed our conversation today. Again, thanks for having me. And remember, you control how much shift there is in your life. Wow. Drop the mic. We're done. <laughs> Once again, we have the nowist, James D. Feldman. You can learn more about him and his company, Shift Happens, at his website, shifthappens.com. And also check out his book, Think Inside the Box. Thank you all so much for joining us, and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? 
Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.